Do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. Welcome in. Hoist the colors on this Friday, January 26th edition of the show. It is a football Friday. One of the last few, as heartbreaking as that is to say, of the season. As, of course, we've got AFC-NFC championship games coming up this Sunday. We also have East Carolina basketball. The Pirates will be back inside Mindy's Coliseum when they host the Temple Owls on Sunday as well at 5 o'clock. We'll talk about that game and more. Coach Schwartz just held his post-practice press conference over inside the Smith-Williams Center. The Pirates coming off a road win at Wichita State. So we are going to look ahead to the ECU weekend. ECU women getting a win last night in basketball as well. We may talk about that a little bit. And, of course, we'll have our picks for the championship games. We'll kind of also have a little bit of a free-for-all segment at the end of the show. Maybe we'll get into the Vince McMahon discussion. Also uh, have some other things to hit on as well. But Joey Football, Joe Sampson is back. He is in the 94-3 The Game studios. And, Joe, how sad is it that, A, this time next week it will not be a football Friday because we're not going to count the Pro Bowl, um, which I believe they still play next week. But either way, this is the next to last football Friday of the season because we only have the Super Bowl left after this. So it's it's quickly coming to an end, man. Hey, I'm a Jets fan. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Uh, I'm extremely grateful and thankful to just have been a part of this. Obviously, it took on a little bit of a life of its own between our rambling about the offseason bowl and the offseason champions go Jets uh, beating your Broncos or the Panthers finally getting a win for Philip Pilkington at one point you know it's just been an unbelievable ride and I'm, I'm very happy to have been a part of it but this isn't the last football Friday this is the last NFL football Friday but there's still spring ball to go through there's spring games I mean you could do one on the Pro Bowl games we could talk about dodgeball and, and kick-tack-toe and catching something from a drone if you want to I don't know how much experience I have in that realm but I can try and be an analyst in that way but there's so much football to lead up to the draft I mean we still have two head coaches that need to be hired so there's a lot to talk about still yeah, I mean, let's be real. The football, the football off season is just as exciting in many ways as the games. We just wanted the games to talk about. I will not talk about the Pro Bowl, uh, and you know, to be honest, this segment is the only time I will even mention it on this show. Fair enough. Uh, anybody who mentions it after this segment will be banned from Hoist the Colors going forward because it is not a real game. But. I don't know. It is what it is. We do got to make our picks. By the way, Joe, you are surging, unfortunately, a little too late. You could still pass me for second place. I think mathematically, you can't catch Phillip. You're four games behind him with three to go. I'm two games behind Phillip with three to go, two games ahead of you. So you can still overtake me for second place. But I'm going to have to be a little strategic today. I'm going to let Phillip pick first. Yeah. That way, at least have a shot. But we'll do that in segment two. Um, Want to first, by the way, Philip is producing today's program. We'll uh, have him join us here shortly. I want to first talk about some ECU stuff. Again, we'll get into the uh, the championship 
AFC and NFC championship situations. But uh, let, let's start with football on the ECU front because really there's not a ton going on right now, Joe. We will have Elijah Morris on the show on Monday. <laughs> ECU senior defensive tackle. We'll also have Kaden Hauser join us through Team Boneyard on Tuesday. Michigan State quarterback transfers. So looking forward to those conversations. But it's a slow time right now from a news perspective. All the transfer stuff has slowed down because the semester has started. Those guys are in school. I want to ask you, you were a part of the team for four years. When it's winter conditioning, you guys are about to start mat drills. Like, What is this time of year like from a player perspective, trying to survive but also trying to bond with your teammates? You definitely bond. I mean, you're immediately thrown into the fire. Uh, if Coach Big John is still doing things the way he used to, that first Tuesday is usually a very big wake-up call for the guys who worked out over break or, or kind of took a chance and just healed up a little bit and, and knew their body were going to have to be in different positions than what they were in currently. And then there's the guys who did nothing and sat on the couch and as he'd say, eat chips and watch your soap operas every day. And, and you'll know pretty quickly how that goes. The first time you're out there and it's 13 degrees outside and you can see your breath and the water's freezing as you're trying to take a sip in between running 300s you know it's here and you know that it's finally come to wake up and then the first time you do that big squat Friday which I've heard now is moved to Wednesday so that's really fun for the boys to do that midweek and then still have to run on Friday but we used to do big squat Friday and then you'd go outside and you'd do a run after that Tuesday Thursdays was a speed day with coach Frank and now he's down at USF so I think that's changed as well but there's so much to it that you really aren't necessarily prepared for in your first run that you're just kind of like, all right, hold on for dear life. But once you get into a rhythm, it never gets easier, but you get used to it. Take me through, okay, so like when you're a freshman and you're experiencing this stuff, <laughs> is it just, it seems to me like these guys would just be dead. I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm sure they have weightlifting and all that in, in high school, but if you're a freshman, it's got to be just a completely different world, right? If you're If you're in for the spring semester. Yeah, when we were in high school, the most we ever did set-wise for squats was eight, and that was by three, and we thought that was that was a crazy jump. And then all of a sudden, now you're in the weight room doing 12 by eight or uh, 13 by four for some reason was a big fun one. I don't know if it was just because it was one more than 12 or one more than three. However, that kind of worked out in their heads. But the cycle is what gets you, the circuit. When you're at the end, you think you've done the toughest workout of your life, and they're like, great. You've got three rounds with eight stations. Get to it. You have to be done in 15 minutes or you're running. So it's definitely survival of the fittest as far as that goes. And, and you get so used to it and you get into those kind of situations where you're like, okay, I can handle this. And then somebody skips a rep and you restart. And then the group from behind you is coming in like, dang, they're not done yet. So it's a little bit of a mental warfare kind of thing. But for the freshmen, you just have to kind of find a way to survive, stay awake in your classes and then sleep all the afternoon. Yeah, the cliche thing is this stuff brings the team closer together this time of year. Do you, do, do you feel like you guys felt that at times? Like when you go through this stuff side by side, is that truly where you kind of bo you know, do you kind of form leaders and that sort of stuff this time of year or is that more later on? Yeah, absolutely. Shane Calhoun's one of the quieter people as far as the media knows, and he's very reserved and he gives those kind of answers. But you put him in that situation and he shines as a leader. He's a leader of men. He knows how to kind of handle those situations. And we didn't really know who was going to lead our room. We had so many different variables. I was the older guy in theory because Jeremy Lewis had left when I came into my first year and Zach Bird was older as well, but we weren't sure where Zach was going to go. And then we brought in Ryan Jones. So he's the old guy. So then you're trying to play tug of war almost to see who's going to lead. And Shane stepped up and we, we knew that was it immediately because he'd been through that 
stuff. And when you can have somebody who does that and stands there almost with a smile on his face and laughs because this, this is too easy, as he would say, then you know you've got your leader and you're willing to find somebody else to follow into battle besides him, and that's where it starts to build up. So it's kind of a it's kind of a weird time of year because right now at least the coaches are all on the road they're recruiting they're, that's going on through I think uh, the first week or so of February so like you know you have winter break you come back and then basically you, I mean you may see the coaches in passing but it's like it's just kind of your teammates and the strength staff right so is that is it kind of weird to not really see your coaches for a while or is it just kind of understood in the program right this is kind of our time to just work with the strength coach. Right now, it has to be very different considering the the turnover and hiring a whole new offensive staff, essentially. When we were in that situation, Coach Mines was the only one that really left in the middle like that where I was in the middle of some spring workouts and we all were, and then all of a sudden he was like, I'm going to notify this is my last day. And then Coach Scott got hired, so that was the real only situation I had where I was like, Coach hasn't been around in a while. What's the deal with that? So other than that, you just kind of know it's part of the business they look at you very sternly. I guess it's the best way to put it now in the most polite way. Uh, I'm looking for your replacement. Prove to me that he shouldn't replace you or he's going to replace you. And that's the business. And now with NIL and everything, it's its own kind of free agency. And guys are getting paid to leave or to stay. And, and you're recruiting players that are now on your roster. So that's a whole new aspect of it. But we used to see Coach Houston maybe three times in that span of the winter before uh, signing day like that because like you're out of the dead period you're allowed to go talk to kids you're on the flight you're on the plane you're hearing from coaches hey I'm in Kentucky I'm at so-and-so's school like what's up who should I talk to where where are the good spots to eat and that's what coach Scott used to do but other than that I mean you're just kind of used to the business you're so focused on the grind of trying to prepare for spring ball because spring ball is another big test as opposed to the winter conditioning that you're just now doing it's it's all just going to build onto it and you know we talked about all these transfers i think we graded them last week last friday on the show i'm curious you know when you were getting towards the you know the end of your career do you was there ever a transfer who came in either in the spring or the summer who on the good side just like crushed the workouts and you guys were like holy cow this guy's a real deal uh, and then was there also guys who were just like, man, I thought this guy was supposed to be legit. You don't have to call him <laughs> out by name, but like, just, I don't know. It was kind of a flop. Like I'm sure you saw yeah. scenarios both ways there. Uh, it was, it was 2020. We had a big time transfer that came in, two big time transfers that came in and it just for one way or another did not work out. And we were just kind of like, why, why were they brought in? What was this kind of, this dance, so to speak, that we've heard of like they're replacing this guy, they're replacing that guy. But one that really stuck or stood out when he came in was Chris Willis. Chris Willis was a grad transfer DN who came in in the COVID year from App State, and he handled everything in the best way possible. He was a, a true leader in that D-line, and from a sense of all that, he was just the guy that you could turn to for anything. I still talk to him to this day. Uh, shout out Chris Willis. And he just took everything, and you were like, this is the guy we're going to follow, like, beyond what you were expecting him to do as an older guy. He just elevated himself and everybody else in the D-line group so much more that we were just ready to follow him. All right, there's Joe Sampson breaking it down. And again, we'll get more from Joe kind of throughout as they start. They'll start Matt Drew because that's more with the coaches, right, when the coaches get back. So yeah. that'll be probably, what, February? Yeah, usually uh, first week of February is hell week, as we refer to it. There you go. So we'll get into that. We will uh, talk about that when that time comes. 
All right, uh, basketball, East Carolina gets a win over Wichita State. We discussed that on the show yesterday. And then ECU will return home to take on Temple on Sunday. Again, 5 o'clock tip-off, ESPN2. So it's a nationally televised game. The problem, it's right in the middle of the championship Sunday for the NFL. And I don't know. But look, this is it. This is a big game for ECU. The Pirates will be favored. They've already beaten Temple on the road. I don't want to say this is a letdown spot for ECU, but this is a scenario where the Pirates can't just – they're not good enough to show up in any conference game and just think they're they are the better team. They have to go out and play well. Uh, and if they could find a way to win Sunday, it would set up a huge game against South Florida on Wednesday. But I don't know, Joe, what are your thoughts on ECU finding a way to win at Wichita and then coming back Sunday in a game that is winnable on paper? First off, anytime you can hold a team like Wichita to under 60 points, never mind under 55 points, that that is the recipe for success. And Coach Schwartz and them had an unbelievable game plan forced. I think it was 16 turnovers, maybe more. It was just unbelievable to see them do that. And Cam Hayes has the most confidence I've ever seen from him as far as what we've seen in the short little run he's gotten to play. Pulling up from the logo and in that spot like that, and then Ezra being able to get down to the bottom of the floor like that, nursing that injury and kind of monitoring where he is was a huge piece for them. But Brandon Johnson's the story, as always. When he's on, the Pirates look better than most teams in the conference. And when he's not to where he needs to be, then you can really tell that they're going to have to labor and try and find a way to score more points. And uh, Pinedo gave you some good minutes, which is not always the case that we can sit here and say. And Sear did some great things. And and Ben gave you some great length on the defensive floor. And, and Bobby Pettiford is Bobby Pettiford. So I'm excited to see what they can do against Temple. Obviously, Temple's going to come out very differently from where they were in Philly. Because now you've known a little bit, you've watched a little bit more tape. There's been three or four games now in between that last one that you can kind of adjust to. So I think game point mentality, as Schwartz would say, you got to come out, play as you're the underdog, and go and win in Minji's. It'll be the first time this year ECU faces the same team twice. So you've got that dynamic. We know Temple likes to shoot a ton of three-pointers. They average 28 three-point tries a game. They only shoot about 30% from three, but... Anytime you face a team that can get hot behind the arc, that is a concern. The Pirates will have to do a good job defending the three and more on Sunday. Joe, will you be inside Minji's Coliseum? I will be. Or will Boots. you be watching playoff football? No, no, no. Boots are on ground. Both. The ECU Pirates are playing. Boots are on the ground. Don't you worry. I'll be up in the attic as we refer to it. The question is, is the great Steven Igo, fresh off the flu game, 98-99 Bulls coming back for his second three-peat? Is it time? It is time. Put I will out the be press back. Release. I'm back. Inside Minji's Coliseum, uh, unless I get sick again between now and then, well, which is very possible. We'll knock like wood. Kids, we'll put but. two screens up so we can watch one game and then have the replay of the other on ESPN2, nationally broadcasted in Minji's Coliseum, boots on ground. Let's do it. It'll be fun on Sunday. We may be the only people there, but... <laughs> Uh, we'll be living it up in 2.13. Come visit us. Hopefully they have the popcorn cleared out this time. Uh, There's a little too much popcorn up <laughs> there no last time. Yeah, no leaf blowers, please. Um, all right, and then baseball, Joe, you were at Media Day on Monday. This would have been your first Media Day, correct? As no. A, as a baseball guy? No, no. You've been to Baseball Media Day? I was at Baseball Media Day last year. You were not with 94 through the game, so I don't know how many paths we crossed on that one at the time. Uh, that was my first day, actually, was as an intern okay. at Baseball Media Day. I met the great Patrick Johnson in person. I asked a question to Cliff, and he tried to stare through me, so that's when I knew I could handle this business. And, uh, you know, 
So this was a very different one. I felt a little more comfortable. We got a lot more players <laughs> than ever before. That was for sure. And it was a very long one. It was a very long one, four hours. Uh, and, and the great Stephen Igo wasn't there to ask a litany of questions. So I missed out on some key information that I'm hoping you can get out of them with the Team Boneyard stuff. Like, what's Carter hoping, Cunningham's new song? I'm hoping that you asked a lot of questions in my stead. I, I grilled I grilled a couple. I grilled a couple of the players. The coaches, it was a little different. Uh, Scooter asked Palumbo about his basketball days at George Mason, and that, that, was, that was a great question, one that I was not expecting, and I was happy he asked it. And then your former intern now working for On3, he killed it as well with some questions. So we, we felt the presence of the Steven Igo training. Did you have anybody, player or coach, that really kind of stood out to you as far as just answers, presence, or anything? Like as far as just being there and be like, all right, this guy, he's locked in this year. Anything like that? It's going to sound very weird, Zach Root. Everything he had that demeanor up there, like embodied that I'm ready to be the ace of the rotation, even though you have Trey Savage, who is a possible first-round pick this year, could be even top 15, depending on how things play out. But Zach Root looks calm and collected. He was not... Uh, shy in any means, but he wasn't necessarily outgoing where you'd be concerned. He's so worried about the media. He was right in that correct headspace you need to be as a starting pitcher, and he's ready to take the ball on Saturdays or Fridays, however that works out, and you can tell he's ready to dominate. All right, there is your ECU talk in segment one. We may talk, circle around, have a little bit more Pirates discussion over the next hour, as always, we're live on YouTube, Facebook. If you got a question you want us to address, drop it there. We'll get to it. But we're going to transition now on the other side to our AFC-NFC Championship game previews. We'll go through both matchups, play out the scenarios for each team to win, and then we'll make our picks as well on Hoist the Colors on this Football Friday. We will be right back. This is ECU head football coach Mike Houston, and you're listening to Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. All right, welcome back into the show on this Football Friday. It is uh, two days away from Championship Sunday. Joey Football in studio, Philip Pilkington producing. We're going to make our picks as we've done all season on Hoist the Colors. Looking forward to that. And I feel like, guys, I mean, I would. My lock of the week was Bills. I was all in on Bills. Super Bowl year, and they choked. So I'm, I'm bummed that we're not getting Bills Ravens. I thought that would have been a great championship game. But uh, I don't know. I, I feel like we're still getting two very good championship games overall. Just uh, we'll start with Joe. Just what's your excitement level heading into the weekend? I'm at like a 13. No matter who wins this weekend you're going to have a great Super Bowl matchup. Either you get the Lions finally getting over the hump and getting the chance to put Detroit on the map the way they want to. What MCDC said when he first took the job about doing what you have to do to be Detroit. You get the Ravens in what could be Lamar Jackson's first of many Super Bowls and that kind of situation with Todd Munkin coming in and you were so concerned about the offense and what it was going to look like. 
you get the Chiefs with Andy Reid if he does finally get that third ring and he gets that opportunity to sit there among the greats with all those different kind of situations and the wins and where he is. And then Mahomes gets another Infinity Stone to go for his Hall of Fame gauntlet. Or you get the 49ers with Brock Purdy, the underdog story. Kyle Shanahan finally gets over the hump. They get a chance. Christian McCaffrey would finally get a ring and you have all these different situations for them that that could play into with Steve Wilkes getting a ring as well and what that could mean for all these other kind of influences as far as coaching goes. I'm extremely excited. There's no wrong answer. You have got every storyline covered, Joe. I mean, that is honestly <laughs> impressive. The only um, thing he missed was shirtless yeah. Jason Kelsey. No, no, no. It's, that is we true. Didn't get, we didn't get to recap yet. He asked about this weekend, not last weekend. I know, but that's that's going to happen again. Yeah, better. We're going to get to that. Don't worry. Philip, how, how excited are you about this weekend are you at a 13 too or are you uh, a little lower than that oh i'm at least at a 13 i'm not only excited for these playoffs like i think it's just a great weekend in sports i mean think about it the pirates hopefully have turned the there basketball season I, i'm around. at a 15 with yeah. the pirates yeah pirates have turned the basketball season around we're ready to go beat temple sweep temple for the first time you got the conference championship games we've got the aussie open final we've got the rolex 24 we've got x games aspen i mean there's all kinds of stuff to watch what? It's gonna be like what are these things what X Games? See, you know this, X this Games is how is? I know Igo's not know a true degenerate. Yeah, Igo's not ready for March 11th to hit. Something 24? The Rolex the 24, the 24. 24-hour race at Daytona. It's it's a leg of Le Mans. Yeah. yeah dude, Why is this? This is not a real race, is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's a sports it's car race. ultimate they, endurance race. Yeah, they cover like 2,700 miles in 24 hours. They race constantly for 24 like, hours. They don't stop. Yeah. They stop Why? to take a pit, swap drivers, and then that's it. Because it's the ultimate endurance race, and it's fun, and you got all types of souped-up sports cars running. It's awesome to watch. We got the Australian Are Open final. Yonex Center. Uh, uh, is Jimmy no, Johnson in it this year? No, there's no NASCAR drivers. They're not putting the beast out there while, again. But wow. it's a lot of like sports car drivers. It's a lot of like yeah. foreign dudes. Roman Grosjean. Yeah. So, like, are you going to actually watch this? Usually, yeah, I watch, bits and, yeah, yeah. I watch bits and pieces of it. You're not going to sit there for 24 hours. No, but, you know, it's like, hey, I'm getting Not ready to go to bed. On. You know, there's nothing else on. But, hey, I mean, like I said, X Games is always fun to watch. I'm not big into extreme sports, but it's just, like, fun to tune and when in it's for an Aspen, I'll turn it yeah. on. When X it's, Games Aspen. When it's winter, I'll turn it on. Yeah. Snowboarding, I mean, skeleton, however you want to get to that. I don't yeah. necessarily live in the realm of the skateboarding and the bikes, but when you're on a half pipe with a snowboard, yeah, I'm in. Yeah. It's not the same now that Sean White's gone, but I still enjoy yeah, watching goat. it. And then, you know, the, the first tennis major of the year is coming to an end, so. That, we'll that one I'm not so enthused about. Yeah, but well, okay. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see who wins it now because yeah. uh, Djokovic got beat early this morning. He did. Different strokes for different folks, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I can't say that I'm going to be watching tennis. Uh, I'm definitely not going to be watching X Games. I mean, I'll play some SX Tricky, but that's about I, it. I do love some uh, SX. And I'm going so, to the Canes I mean, game tomorrow uh, night. So and I've he's got going to the week. Canes game. Yeah. Canes beat his Bruins on Wednesday. He's they extremely did. excited. They did, but I'm going to with Wags. I get to hang out with Wags all day tomorrow. It's going to be great. Mr. On3 himself. Mr. On3. The revolutionary Jonathan Wagner. Um <laughs> All right, so last week, again, my answer belt buckle busted. What about you guys? Do y'all remember what y'all picked? Uh, yeah, I busted. CJ Stroud looked you like a rookie. Wow. Despite having a really good week in picks, that was your one misfire? That was my one, one misfire, is I believe too much in CJ Stroud. 
I, th- I can't you, remember. Did we, I think we had the same you had the I think same, we both went You bills. both had bills. I just don't remember what leg of the bills. I don't know if it was like a, a parlay type thing for you, Philip, or not. No, I don't think it is. I, I got one. This Today's a parlay type thing. But And I sat here and I told you, nobody circles the wagons like the Kansas City Chiefs. So are the Buffalo Bills, where do they rank on just worst team to be a fan of in professional sports? I mean, four uh, Super Bowl losses in a row, having a great quarterback now, great team, unable to make it to the Super Bowl. Like It just uh, feels like they've got to be up there. Yeah, uh, they've definitely got to be up there because I, I saw something the other day. It was like Josh Allen's career playoff wins. The only quarterback he's ever beat that you heard of was Philip Rivers, and that was his last game with the Colts. And oh. other than that, he's beat like Kenny Pickett, um, some like bust backups. There was one name on the list I didn't even recognize. Mason Rudolph. Yeah, there was. It was bad, dude. Or it wasn't Mason. It was Mason Rudolph, not Kenny Pickett. But and then there were some names on the list that were just like true backups where other teams have had guys hurt. So yeah, yeah. The year uh, Lamar was out, didn't he beat Tyler Huntley? Yeah, yeah. Pro Bowl quarterback. But that doesn't matter anyway. He played five games. They put him in the Pro Bowl because he'd be hey, fun to play dodgeball. You ball. still have to put the accolade next to it. Same as you have to put all pro Braxton Berrios for some reason. Yeah. That, that was something they did as well. I feel like it, it was it was torture as a Broncos fan <laughs> when Peyton Manning was uh, like, they were so good, but they would lose in the early rounds of the playoffs and I only got to experience that for a few years and then they yeah. finally won one when Peyton wasn't very good uh, due to the defense but like it was more torture doing that because you could go through the regular season being dominant and it was like alright this doesn't matter until you get to the playoffs oh you think so and then they would choke and it was the worst um, my season was over on the know, fourth snap when was that this year when Aaron Rodgers ran out and collapsed Oh, yeah. Well, that was, I mean, being a Jets fan is pretty terrible, too. I but rooted you for Mark Sanchez in two fan? AFC title games. Yeah. I mean, we have more playoff yeah. wins in the last 10 years than the Dolphins and the Bills and the Cowboys. I was going to say, don't forget the Cowboys. Don't never forget the Cowgirls. Can't forget them. Who keep Mike Look, McCarthy, I mean, by the way? Being a Cowboys fan. Dumb. There's, there, hey, they've got the Lakers and Cowboys Duke to look there. forward to and the Yankees. They'll be fine, which I, I'm not necessarily happy they're on the bandwagon that is my team, the Yankees, but. At least I have a storyline that leads to why I root for them. It's not just that we have 27 world championships. Hey, the mascot. It must I'm be kidding. a mascot curse with the Cowboys because yeah. think about it. Josh Allen went to Wyoming. Just throwing that the out pokes. there. The Pokes. Uh, so being a Lions fan obviously has been terrible until right now. So at least they're getting to experience some, some satisfaction. This and they true. won some playoff games. We'll see if they can win on Sunday. But, uh, I mean... I don't know. I mean, outside of that, being a Seattle Mariners fan kind of sucks. I mean, they're the only team to never make the <laughs> World Series. But, I mean, this is kind of sad. Yeah. Um, but, like, they also haven't been around that long. That's like, true. 72, I think. But like, still, that is a long time. At one point, you had four. Without of, making the World Series. Four of arguably the greatest players to ever play on your team. So, in spans. Yeah, they, they, they do a great job of having great players and not winning. And with then them. sending um, them to other places. That is correct. But, yeah, sorry, Bills fans. I had an intern a few years ago who was a Bills fan, and he just, like, even when they were good, he just was shaking. Like, every scenario that would run through his mouth, how do we blow this? Oh, he so didn't I just, just feel bad for unbridled those optimism? No, Duh. definitely not. That's he was painful. like, we're going to blow this, and this is how. That's not fun. Um, so, yeah, it was a fun, fun, pretty fun weekend of divisional round matchups. 
By the way, we got Aaron Watson in the YouTube channel says, let's go Cadillacs. Is that in reference to one of those events y'all were talking about? I guess the, the 24 hours. I believe it's for the 24, yeah. yeah. Or not Le Mans. Uh, for Rolex. Daytona. Yeah, Rolex 24. So there's like people pulling for brands yeah. of cars? Yeah. Is Ferrari running one or no? They probably are. Yeah, one he, of these higher there's up There's probably a Lamborghini hypercar of some sort. Cadillac's usually the American it goes to as far as Andretti and stuff like that. I guess I'm just not a car guy. So okay. I just, I mean, like, I respect it. I like cars, but I'm not like, not just not into it. But hey, <laughs> maybe I'll watch it. I honestly didn't even know this thing existed. I'm Fair. too lost in the ECU sports realm, and there's not many races going around uh, these parts for ECU. There could so be. let's race on 10. <laughs> Let's get yeah outside of the late night races where you hear cars rev up and a lot of Hellcats go down. Uh, yeah, some not so uh, safe situations. Let's get into our picks, guys. And last week again, Joe went three and one against the spread. We've made these picks all year long against the spread, college and NFL, and it feels like it's scripted because with three games to go. We are two games apart at each level. Philip is 192 and six. We've picked a lot of games, guys. 192 and six against the spread this year overall. <laughs> so many Steven Igo is 98, 94 and six against the spread this year overall. Wait, so we're going to finish honestly, at 201 games total? We are. That's insane. I believe. Yeah, but it's over like yep, you're how right. many weeks? It's still just crazy, the yeah. total. We've been doing it since week and zero. And honestly, the manager of the year might be Joe Sampson. He's 96, 96, and 6, but consider where he started. Joe, you have gone 7 and 4, 9 and 2, 6 and 5, 4 and 2, 3 and 3, 3 and 1 here down the stretch against the spread to get back to 500. And about how you start, it's about uh, how you so finish. It's all about winning the last kudos game. Kudos to you, year. man. You can't win, but you can head into the offseason with a lot of momentum. Hey, in the new expanded in the new expanded MLB playoffs, I'm in. This is true. Um, so I'm two games behind Philip. Philip is two games in front of me, and then Joe is two games behind me. So again, Joe can finish in second. I can finish in first or third, and we'll see how this plays out. We're gonna go reverse order here. We're gonna let Philip pick first, and we'll, I tell you what, let's do. I'll mention the game and then we'll kind of do a uh, we'll do a brief preview of the matchup and then we'll each make our picks. So AFC Championship game will start it off on Sunday. Ravens and Chiefs. We know the deal. Patrick Mahomes wins his first ever road playoff game at Buffalo. The Ravens have been just incredible this year. And uh, it's one of those situations where they probably have been the better overall team, but can you bet against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs? I don't know, Joe. This is going to be, I think, a fantastic matchup. I like that these two teams didn't play in the regular season, so I'm looking forward to seeing how they match up in the postseason. Uh, To me, this is the headliner of the weekend. Yeah, it's definitely the headliner of the weekend. The only problem I have with it is the formula to beat the Ravens is out there. The Titans did it. The Jaguars did it. All these different things as far as the playoffs have gone back. But that wasn't a Todd Munkin offense. If you force Lamar 
to stay in the pocket. If he can't do those mobile things, if he can't run around and, and create chaos with his legs, he becomes a very one-dimensional quarterback. First read, take it away. He can't go to the second. He doesn't like to look backside of the field in all those situations. Vic Fangio getting hired now with the Eagles is not going to play into this because that's not what matters. But Spagnola does and the D.C. of the Chiefs, who has these similar kind of things. We saw what the Dolphins tried to do to the Ravens. It didn't work. Spagnuolo comes from the same system. I think he's going to learn away from the mistakes of what the Dolphins tried to do, hold Lamar to what he needs to do, and then be able to watch the Chiefs hold the trophy up in Baltimore. Because same as it was with the Patriots, until you beat the top, I can't pick against you. And for that reason, I have to take the Chiefs, who are on fire as of late. So Joe is uh, you're going Chiefs regardless of the spread. It is a four point spread for the Ravens. So you're taking the points and you're taking the Chiefs outright. I'm taking Chiefs outright and Chiefs points. Yeah, Chiefs underdogs plus four. Free yeah, money. It's, it's hard to say. Free no. money on March 12th. Philip, what are your thoughts on this game? And do you feel like you can make you can go ahead and make your pick if you want because you have to make it before me. Uh, I'm dictating <laughs> that. Uh, we got to add as much drama as possible. But uh, just your thoughts on this AFC Championship matchup. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything Joe said, but I'll, I'll take it to the other side of the field. And uh, I really like the linebacking core of this Baltimore Ravens team. Uh, they do a lot dropping in coverage. They actually get a lot of interceptions. And it seems like a lot of times the safeties and corners pick balls off. It's because the linebacker did a very good job disguising themselves, and they dropped. Quarterback didn't see him until the last minute. So I think they could bait Patrick Mahomes into some mistakes and this Chiefs wide receiving core has not been phenomenal this year. So I believe the Chiefs will have to be on their A game as they were a week ago when they scored on all but one drive, which was the Isaiah Pacheco fumble at the one-yard line, I guess other than the drive at the end of each half, but clock expired on those. They never punted, and it seems like the Chiefs are hot at the right time. I, I don't know who I'm taking outright, but I do think – if the, it seems like when the Ravens play these types of games, I love this four-point spread, they play shootout games, and they always win on a Justin Tucker field goal. So for the sake of the four-point spread, I still haven't decided who I'm taking outright, but I am going to take the Chiefs plus four to win or lose on a Justin Tucker field goal. All right. You have to. There's um, no, that's your only possibility. I mean, I'm going to Ravens uh, against the spread. And honestly, I was going to pick Ravens regardless. And part of this is a heart pick, which is what they tell you to never do when you're betting. Always bet with your mind. But you know what? I hate Patrick Mahomes. I don't hate Patrick Mahomes, the person. I hate Patrick Mahomes, the player. He has destroyed the Denver Broncos again and again. He's ruined my Super Bowl Sunday parties again and again just by being there. And he's going to do it again. If he makes the Super Bowl, I'm going to have to deal with Taylor Swift. Travis Kelsey, Jason, Jason Kelsey. Kelsey with his shirt off. I don't want to deal with all that. I just want to have show, a Super Bowl so. party and enjoy the game. All right, I just want to watch the game, and I want to deal with Taylor Swift. So I want the Ravens to not only win this game, but I want the Ravens to dominate this game. I want them to get the Chiefs, get this dynasty off my TV screen for at least one year. Let me enjoy the Super Bowl party at the IGO household. And they're going to do it because the Ravens are legit. They're the better football team. Eventually, this Chiefs magic, this Swift magic, the Swifties, they're going to run out, and it's going to happen this Sunday. Ravens win by two touchdowns as Lamar Jackson goes off late to put it away and send another hardball to the Super Bowl. 
All right. I just talk myself into all of that, but I have to do it because I got to catch Phillip. So I'm going to Ravens, and uh, you guys are on the Chiefs. I think it'll be a great game either way. All right. Lions, Niners on the NFC side. Guys, the Niners are a seven and a half point favorite. That is a lot of points. And if Phillip goes in the direction that I'm I'm going here as Joe puts on his grit hat, which is so silly. But uh, I don't, I don't know. We, we got to decide something too. What happens if if there's a tie? Is the Super Bowl the tiebreaker? Yeah, it has to be. I thought we were okay. going to pick the Super so Bowl. So, like anyways. for example, we're yeah. definitely going to pick Super Bowl. But like for for your sake, if you're both tied, I think it has to be like winner take all, and you have to either have some kind of competition to see which team or who gets to pick first or something like that. Maybe it's an off off camera competition and we tell the people at home how it plays out and then whoever wins that gets first choice like a coin flip type thing i think that would just be incredible i'm just trying to figure out if i'm like i'm down my two to philip if i game game this week can i and then if i pick the super bowl different from him and win and then we tie is it just a tie or do i win because i got the super bowl or do we need to pick like the final score of the Super Bowl to be a tiebreaker or something? I think it's either that. Yeah, we'd have to have some kind of tiebreaker. I think how we should really do it is you guys should have to watch the Pro Bowl willingly and each of you pick who you think is going to win and whoever gets the most right gets first pick of the Super Bowl. I can't. I'm going to Charlotte for the ECU Charlotte basketball game. I'm going to be traveling. I, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not the Pro watching Bowl. the Pro Why Bowl. Why would I do that to you? We're on short on time. Should we get a break? And for mentioning it, you're now banned this? from the show. Yeah. Should we get a break before we do this so we can Oops. go into full analysis since we're, like, short on time? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll make our NFC pick, and then we'll, uh, we may talk about Vince McMahon if we have time as well. And uh, the coaching carousel. This is Hoist the Colors on a Friday. All right, let's go. Back to Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo. Thank you for me, Aussie Show. Hose. 194.3, the game. All right, welcome back into Hoist the Colors on this Friday. We just made our AFC championship pick. We're about to make our NFC pick as well. Uh, Robert Matthews on YouTube says, just getting up here, is there a baseball scrimmage this weekend? Uh, Robert, they uh, started practice officially today, or they are, and so there will be scrimmages going on throughout the weekend. And I don't know the times of those, but if you make it out to the ball yard probably early afternoon, I would assume they're going to be out there scrimmaging. So that's my advice on that. But, yes, there will be inter-squad scrimmages going on throughout the next few weekends. All right. NFC Championship game, guys. Lions-Niners, seven-and-a-half-point favorites are the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, we'll start with Phillip. Phillip, how are you feeling about this game? I'm feeling like it's going to be close. I feel like the 49ers defense is going to have to be really physical against this Lions offense in order to be successful. Um, I think they're going to be up for the challenge. And I think the best player in the NFL, the guy who deserves MVP but won't get it because he doesn't play the position of quarterback, will have my Anson Belt and Buckle lock of the week of two hundred and er, 150 all-purpose yards and two touchdowns. That second touchdown will take them from a three-point lead to a 10-point lead at the end of the game to seal the deal and win it by 10 points. Give me the 49ers. Wow. I mean, you're making this easy for me, Philip. You're, I mean, probably, honestly, probably a good pick. Um, but uh, I tell you what, Joe, you go, and I'll make my pick last. Okay. Good people of Detroit, hear me now when I say this. 
you're going to California with a GM who coached and played and GM'd in California. You're taking a coach who knows the gritty ways of Detroit out to California. And you're going to beat the brakes off that soft team from California. The only time that I've sat here and I've said that the 49ers were an effective football team is when I knew that Brock Purdy was going to be on his A game. I knew the team they were playing, the Cowgirls, was going to be the team that would get demolished. And it didn't happen because the Packers took care of business, as I stated before. Which is why my Anson Belton buckle lock of the week is a Sam Laporta anytime touchdown and the Lions beat the 49ers because Santa Clara will be painted blue, not red on Sunday night. I go. I am going to go with the Lions to cover the seven and a half. Might as well completely go against Phillip. I do think the Niners win this game. I think we'll see a much better Niners outing I would say from Grit. a week ago usually what you see is these teams who get the bye they come out sloppy if they can find a way to survive that first game then they play better the next week so I do think they'll play more crisp I just think the Lions are going to play a great game as well and I think it'll come down to the wire I just think the Niners will find a way to win on their home home field but you know to be honest I can't believe Brock Purdy was getting all this MVP talk because he is my bad. A pretty much a system quarterback, a game manager. My bad. Uh, Jared Goff is a legit quarterback, and I think he's – you know I would honestly take him head-to-head. It wouldn't surprise me if the Lions win because of that. But uh, it'll be interesting, man. I think it'll be a great game. Give me Lions to cover, and that's my pick to uh, to hopefully catch Phillip. I don't know, Phillip. Are you feeling good about your Niners, though? Dude, with the, how bad I've been the last couple of weeks, I don't feel good about anything anymore. Yeah. I'm not finishing strong. It's been rough. But I feel good about Christian McCaffrey. I was the only person in Charlotte that was happy when we drafted him. Every bozo That's on the fair. radio and, and every fan was like, this is dumb. And I'm like, I never first round believes. Back? Well, it wasn't even that. They just thought he wasn't that good. Like, this guy should have been the Heisman Trophy winner his junior year. Fair. Every game started at 10.30, so nobody watched him play. Understood. I, there are like six or eight backs all time I would go back and draft in the first round. He's, He's one, one of them. them. He's a difference maker. No doubt. He is a stud, and uh, it, I don't really dislike any of these teams outside of the Chiefs. So, But there's just something <laughs> about the bias. Niners, guys. Are the Niners... Uh, Pretenders? I feel like they're a fun team, but they're just not... They're never sexy. I don't know. Is it their logo? Is it their colors? There's just something about it. I think it's every time they get into a big game like this, they just get walked. They they get walked. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Brock Purdy's elbow exploded last year, but that game wasn't going to be close regardless. The Eagles beat the brakes off them in every phase of that game. Special teams on the offensive line, on the defensive line, in the receiving game, in the run game. It was it was. Men versus boys. And I think it happens again this year. I think Detroit is a tougher team. I think their offensive line will get a ton of push on what should be one of the better D-lines in the league, but only seems to be able to pass rush. They don't stop the run. Look at what Aaron Jones did last week, and look at what they're going to do this week with, I mean, David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, Craig Reynolds, for God's sakes. Craig Reynolds scored a touchdown last week. He's going to score again this week. My argument is here, you're right, the 49ers blow big games, but those are all like road games. The Richard Sherman Crabtree play was in Seattle last year, was in Philly. Well, they They're at home the, in the playoffs. They man. lost to the Bengals this year at home. But we're talking about the playoffs. And the playoffs are good at home. They've always been good at home in the playoffs. Since 81, when Dwight Clark 
scored on the Cowgirls. They've been good at home in the playoffs. And ever since, they've still been good at home. Kirk Cousins curse. By the way, Anson Belton buckle lock of the week. Amon Ross St. Brown over 100 yards receiving. There we go. He has been a stud all year long. Love having him in fantasy. I think he's going to be a marked man by the Niners, and they still won't be able to stop him because he is that good. And uh, give me Amon Ross St. Brown over 100 yards. All right, let's get our final break in. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show. Hoist the colors on a Friday. Here there be pirates. Back to Hoist the Colors with Stephen I Go. How good is this on 94.3 The Game? All right, welcome back in to Hoist the Colors. A few minutes left here on this Friday show. We got to talk about it, guys, before we get out of here. How much of the Vince McMahon ECU alum situation have you guys read about? If you were able to read about it, it was a little, uh, a little disturbing. I'm a little uncomfortable. Knowing yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot to discuss without going into the specifics. But, Bad luck uh, for the Pirates. Tough look. You know, we we always, we wanted that money for the indoor practice facility. <laughs> yeah. They may have to. Mm. They would have to scrub the name off at this at this rate. But I guess the money would be the money. You know. I mean, in the original plan, you wanted the WWE logo on it. It's like that would have been right. fine. And then you just pull Vince McMahon's name off it, like take the letters off. It would have been okay. But like now, John Gilbert saw the future. He was looking so far ahead that we weren't. He was playing chess. We're playing checkers. And, and it is appalling considering some of the allegations. It is disgusting considering some of the allegations and for it to be attached to a former uh, wrestler, former UFC fighter, allegedly as well, somebody who was a world champion at one point and, and what it led to. I think there's a large stain on professional wrestling right now as it sits. And I hope they recover. Philip, have you had a chance to read any of this stuff? And if so... Do you have any thoughts that are differing from Joseph's or mine? No, not really. Oh, one sporting event I mentioned, I don't really watch wrestling, but the Royal Rumble is this weekend. The Royal Rumble is this weekend. Yeah, well, I was mentioning all the random sports that are going on. There you go. Um, no, I haven't. I mean, I've, I haven't read Red. You know, I've seen the, the things. And I guess the one perk as far as ECU is he's not like someone who goes around like flaunting. He went to ECU. Like, the, I think this would be a worse look for us if it was Harold Barner or Chris Johnson or someone like that. Yeah, so, David Garrard. I mean, it's obviously, right. Yeah, it's obviously bad. Like a true ECU yeah. guy. Yeah, and he doesn't really ever talk about it or come to games. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. The whole situation is bad, but if we just look at it from a, does this look bad on ECU standpoint? It's not as bad eh, as it could yeah, be. It's not, it's not as bad as it yeah. could be. But it's not good. No, it's not good <laughs> at all. The situation's not good. It's like, terrible. I, I think for ECU, there's no, like... No, there's it's, no like repercussion. Yeah, for ECU. yeah. Like for ECU him, is nothing. For him, as a person, this. we don't take donor yeah. money. We don't take anything. Oh, yeah. He's he's yeah. a horrible human being. Yeah, and the fact he that it, like rot. I think it's I think it's bad on WWE to your point, Joe. Because yeah, it's bad luck. You he's, know, like the maestro like employee that it was happening. So this President. was happening at work. This wasn't like you know like oh he just so happened to run WWE and he was doing this on the side. Like, no, for the alleged to yeah. come back to work. Yeah, yeah, it's it's bad. But what's not bad is I goes hoist the color shirt. It's purple for the Ravens. I mean, it like, is pretty, it is pretty wrinkly though. Yeah, you, just but, got, you can't really see. But it. I need a three X to disappear. I will give you guys the shirt because y'all have been so there great this go. football season. I tell you what, there's my third Thank place you. prize. I will hook picks. you guys up. There you go. Thank there you, you go. I'll wear it every football Friday. As you wore that today for support of the Ravens, right? That's why you went with purple. Absolutely. 
He had Joe no Ravens. idea. That was the shirt on top of the pile. He would have wore the Mariners blue one if it was there. It wouldn't be this wrinkly if it was on top of the pile, Joe. It was at the bottom of the pile. Y'all should see the bottom of it. All right, I got to get out of here. Uh, we'll be back Monday with Elijah Morris, Kaden Hauser Tuesday. Also, we'll have Shane Winkler, softball coach, Thursday. So, busy week next week. This has been Hoist the Colors. We'll this see you then. Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo. Tune in weekdays at noon for all things ECU sports.